Hi, y'all. I'm Molly. And I'm Megan. And we're two good friends. No, we're two best friends from Cincinnati, Ohio. And we're here to talk to you all about our love of musical theater. Throughout our shows, we will be discussing some of our favorite shows in depth. We'll be talking about the facts of the show, casting choices, the songs, and whatever else we feel like. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the musical theater. I am super excited. Your excitement for Rent is what I feel right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just want you to know. And I think Uh, you know this. Oh, yeah. Well, so (laughs) when I was writing notes for this... Yeah. First, well, first, I want to start off by saying I was looking at the document last night because I was organizing my Google Drive. Yeah. We skipped a show, but that's okay. I just changed the order because <laughs> you were so excited. Wait, wait, wait. I'm like, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did we skip? Next was supposed to be Beetlejuice. Uh, but I was I didn't care, so I just shoot. I just switched the dog. I didn't, I mean, it didn't matter. We'll start, literally, off, we'll start off the new year with Beetlejuice. Yeah, like we literally just wrote down, like we sat here one day and just typed in different shows that we liked. So it doesn't really I'm matter. I'm sure it was like manic 3 a.m. typing too. Yeah, so like so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but uh, so as I was writing notes last night and like listening to it, and I was like, this is a show that I think for me to like like i have to see it and i've never Um, seen it yeah yes because did you read the plot line before you listened to it um i read the wikipedia page as i was writing down my information okay so yeah you had like a little bit of a frame of reference but if you just listen to the soundtrack it's hard to pick out the plot line oh yeah 100 percent. so all over it's all over the place yeah, but <laughs> but yeah. So this is everyone is gonna mainly be Megan and me, just like putting in a few of my two cents here or there, because <laughs> I know the bare minimum about this. But I mean, I can do the, I can still do like the history and facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I got I was, that written down. <laughs> I was gonna let you do that. I was like, I'll let Molly do her normal Molly stuff. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah. You want to just sure, start I'll, off there then? Yeah, sure. Um. So hair. It's called hair. The American tribal love rock musical, which I didn't know it had that tagline. So that's pretty cool. Um. The book and lyrics are by <sighs> Jerome Rogney and James Rado, who both actually starred in the original production. Yeah. So they Lin Manueled it before it was Lin Manueled it. Uh, then the music is by Galt McDermott mm-hmm. um, it was off Broadway it was the first show to open up the newly renovated public theater in 1967 and it was directed by Gerald Friedman which I was reading about that and apparently he quit Tech Week because he didn't like what was happening and then like the producer was like well then I'll just do it and then like three days later he called Gerald Friedman and was like, yo, buddy, God, come please back. come back. And so he I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I read that too from reading it. I was like, wow, tech must have been a disaster. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it, someone who has never done theater, I feel like tech is just always a disaster, but it's organized disaster, organized like, chaos. It totally depends. Really? And like sometimes it's a technical Tell me your disaster. But then, like, I will always remember this moment. It was my 
Yeah, sophomore year of high school when we did Schoolhouse Rock Live, the opening number, the opening number I want to say is Verbs. Yeah. Verbs. This is the one show, not the one. This is show. I gotta go look. (laughs) But it's seared in your memory as something that happened. Uh, Oh, it doesn't even have it. Okay, Spotify does not have the the songs, which is fine. It's great. Um, but whatever the opening number was, I was one of the solos in it, and like it was a full cast number. And our director came running down. She will rename nameless. Um, came running God down the her. center of the aisle and screamed at us because people kept forgetting the lyrics, and she was like. If you all can't get this right, we're not opening. I'm not letting your parents come to our final dress tomorrow night. And, like, so I was the baby little sophomore with all these senior other soloists, and they all looked at me, and they're like, "Um, you need to get it together. And I went, "Um, I know my lyrics. Um, In this song, these are my solos, and it's not my fault that you don't know your solos, um, so stop blaming me. And, like, I cried so hard, and then we, we when we finally do it, did it I was like crying throughout the piece because I was like they just yelled at me my director yelled at me when it's something that's not my fault and I was like it's literally everybody else no one knows what the f they're doing but that whole show was like a disaster like people people quit and then we realized we didn't have a soloist for a song and then it was a fight over who got to be the solo it was a disaster it sounds like another show that we did with another school that ended up disaster (laughs) Which then it got pushed around like 12 times of when we were opening and where it was going to open at. That was yeah. stupid. That was a good show, though. Great show, great movie, great book. But. Oh, also, hold on. We have jump ship from Susan Cole to Dead Man Walking, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Side note. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. For those who did not attend our high school when we did. Yes, <laughs> we well, have talked about. We have moved on to a different show. Yes, um, yeah. Um, so hey, I would love to know what that. After. I would love to know what happened at that tech week that made the director quit. I would um, love to be a fly on the wall. I mean, it just sounded like they were just making changes and like stuff wasn't working. And you know, like tech week, you like all of the stuff you have to know. Like you have to be dialed to make room for all that other. Stuff yeah. That goes in, I think. Yeah. Um, but then it opened on Broadway uh, three months after closing at the public, and 13 mm-hmm. songs were added. And it opened at the Biltmore Theater. Um, and it was directed, that production was directed by Tom O'Horgan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Apparently, the regular ticket price at this time was they were they were the first production to have a regular ticket price of $50. I couldn't. I couldn't find any more information about that, but it was like that's kind of pricey. Uh, yeah, it was pricey at the time, but I couldn't find any more I mean, information about like yeah. anything else like that. Um, they were up for two Tonys, but they lost both of them to seventeen seventy six. Um, hilarious. Um, I also. I mean, we could talk about why because there is a very particular reason. Well, they almost weren't nominated for any Tonys. Because that year, 
the are they the academy no they're not the academy they, whatever they're so called. the year before the theater wing told them that they would be the day they opened would be within like the window of shows that opening and then they changed it for the show being very political and yeah apparently problematic so they were available I mean, it was they were extremely out of extremely out of i don't know what's going it was like very out there compared to the other shows at the time yeah this is the 19 yeah no yeah uh, yeah for 1776 which is about (laughs) our founding fathers and then a show that talks about lsd and lbj and the cia in the same sentence yeah it is a little out there yeah um that but i was looking at the people that were um that did that not they weren't the I don't think they were the original cast. Mm-hmm. Um but some people that did hair during the year was on uh, the time it was on Broadway. People like Meatloaf. I didn't know Meatloaf did musical theater. How crazy. Um and then Ben <laughs> Burr, uh, Could you imagine Meatloaf in a show? I can't. Okay, but I can imagine him in hair and hair only, and that's it. And that's why oh, it works. Yeah. But like I still like, wait, that's weird. Um but then like Diane <laughs> Keaton did it yeah i i wouldn't have ever said she could sing um and then ben vereen who is in pippin the original pippin production pippin. as the mm-hmm. um leading player i wanted to call him the host and i knew i was wrong um, yeah <laughs> i've been up for a very long time i'm just <laughs> i'm out of it um yeah as we are recording at 9 30 in the morning <laughs> i literally got, I, my body woke me up at uh, 5.20, ah. so I have been up for a while. Mm-hmm. You have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. This is like the last time we recorded. I was like, my body yeah. got me up super early. I'm supposed to sleep in. I'm on break. You're still in school mode, and you will return to school in school mode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then a national tour started in 1968 um, with Joe Monte- uh, Mantegna from yeah. Criminal Minds, amazing. And Andre De Shields was in that cast. Awesome. And was nine- he hard? I didn't look hard. I didn't look to see who they played. Um 1968 in the West End, they opened at the Sh- Staffsbury Theater. And Tim Curry was in this cast, which then got him <laughs> cast in a Rocky Horror Picture Show. So like good oh. for him. I mean right? hair walk so rent could run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it truly did. Um, 1977, there was a Broadway revival. Then the movie was created in 1979. Western revival in 1993. Broadway revival in 2009. West End mm-hmm. revival in 2010. And in 2019, there was a UK tour. Um, there was a US national tour probably... Was it in 2010? I don't know. That was not on. I didn't find that online. Mm-hmm. The list that I found did not list that tour. I could. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but. Unless it's never been on a tour. I can tell you it never came to Cincinnati because. <laughs> conservatives. 
Honey, if Fun Home will never come to Cincinnati, Hair will never come to Cincinnati. <laughs> um, yeah. What I was thinking as you were listing off the pre- early productions, did you read until, like, once they went on tour, they had legal problems? Yeah, but it didn't really, like, soak it in. I had too much to learn last night prepping for this episode. <laughs> this is, like, there's a, hair is not just the show. There's a lot of cultural and political stuff that comes with it. So, because of the content of the show, obviously some parts of the U.S. are going to meet it with resistance because more conservative versus more liberal. Um, that's just how it is. Um, so in some areas, refused to book the show. Um, some shows were picketed by church groups. For example, Evansville, Indiana, obviously was picketed um, by several church groups. Um, in Indianapolis, the production had difficulty actually securing the theater, and the city suggested that um, that they basically like take out the nudity scenes and that they basically turn change the show. Um, different areas refused the show to be shown, um, and they actually went to the U.S. Supreme Court for a few of the cases, just because cities didn't want it, even though they were touring. Um, and then there were a few instances of bomb scares and threats and fires because of the content of the show. People were angry, man. People are ridiculous. People are angry. Yeah. I mean... I don't understand people that do that, let people enjoy shows. I get that it has political standpoints. But you don't see me go into a football game saying I'm going to blow it up because currently they're all allowed to run their heads into each other without masks on and I'm not allowed to go on stage and sing. Don't see me doing that. But you also have to remember like the 1960s no yes it was a counterculture revolution but it didn't happen in a vacuum. There was a lot of pushback from conservative America Mm -hmm. um so, you know, when you do something that Hera did, which is revolutionary, of course there's going to be pushback. Oh, yeah. um, and then, of course, America does have a pretty decent long history against violent pushbacks. Yep. Um, yeah. Also, did you know that the Schuberts and the Netherlanders passed on it? any of mm-hmm. them hosting it in the theaters because it was too controversial? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. (laughs) We know those Uh, organizations. I'm really not surprised. (laughs) My mind instantly goes to uh, Oh, Hello on Broadway, Mm -hmm. where um, Nick Kroll's person that he's playing goes, I thought we had the Winter Garden. And John Mulaney's character goes, have you ever tried to work with the Schubert organization? (laughs) I mean... I, I still have I have problems with the Schuberts because they said goodbye to Beetlejuice to give their theater to a terrible show in production. I mean, it hasn't happened yeah. yet, but not. We not already yet. like that's 
We've already talked about that, though. People know. Yeah. I mean. Well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you just don't like music, man. <laughs> um. So back to hair. We also we just discussed um. Sort of the history of the show. Um. It also broke a lot of ground again. There's profanity, use of drugs, treatment of sexuality. Um irreverence of the American flag and its controversial nude scene, which shouldn't be that controversial, but it is. Um, what was also interesting to read is that it broke new ground in the theater world um, with using a racially integrated cast and not mm-hmm. casting Black people in the roles of slaves or disadvantaged characters. They were role- they were cast as equals to their white counterparts. Mm-hmm. Um and then also the use of a bean was interesting, I think. Because that has roots into the countercultural movement, which happened. So the bean happened in San Francisco in like the 19, late 1960s, where they used the ideas of like personal empowerment, cultural and political deconstruction, communal living, all of the ideas that you do find in hair. Uh, so it's sort of like the idea of a sit in. But with yourself, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be in with yourself. Um, I don't know. I just this is interesting, man. Interesting. Um, and then I guess you want to just move on to the plot line. <laughs> I go for it. I, okay. I'm here for a ride. <laughs> I can share zero knowledge about this show because I literally you're getting to like you're gonna get like very like scattered thoughts even though I do have stuff written down because I'm just like oh but remember this oh but remember that um, so it takes place in New York City in the late 1960s um the main cast is known as the tribe which is a group of politically active countercultural living bohemian life teen- people fighting conscription so draft into the Vietnam War um the three ish main characters are Claude Berger and Sheila and it's sort of their character struggle to balance their young liberal lives against the conservatism of their parents um there's also black characters as well as um so HUD and Dion (laughs) haha there it is she's the one that opens up with the song Aquarius um So, again, every time the drama podcast talks about it, I just want to sit them down and just be like, tell me everything about your experience of seeing hair on Broadway. Oh, yeah. Because I want to hear about it. Um, Anyway, so it takes place in New York City in the late 1960s, tribe of radical, politically active hippies. Um, and then again, Claude is sort of the main character, um, even though there are multiple stories within happening this story. Um, but ideally he is struggling with whether or not he's going to burn his draft card, like the rest of the men in the tribe and resist draft, or he's going to succumb to the pressures that he faces with his parents and with bigger conservative America and doing like what America thinks should be done um which 
compromises his self-proclaimed pacifist principles so it's sort of like a big internal struggle of well this is not who I want to be but this is what everyone else thinks I should be but here I am with all these other people that think how I think but I still like spoiler alert he ends up not burning his card he pulls it out at the last second um which is like basically writes his death note like that's equals death um yeah let's see what else do I got um so did you listen to the full album no I got up to where do I go the last one I listened okay. to. Okay. Okay. So you listen to up to the end of Act One. Cool. Um, I just so listened long as long. I wrote, and then I was like, <laughs> "I'm, I'm done writing. <laughs> I'm done writing." You gotta go back when you have time, if you would like. There's a few. I mean, I'm gonna listen too. to it, but as it like this is a musical that I feel like for me to actually appreciate it, I have to see it. Yeah. Because I, um, like so revive hair. With it, I feel like I need you need I context. Need, I need, yeah, I need context with it. My oh, yeah. what song it is? I should have wrote it down. And I was like, what the hell is this song doing in this show? Yeah. Oh, which one is it? But I was like, ah, what am I listening to? <laughs> I was very confused. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'll just have to see it someday. I'll see it eventually, maybe. We'll see. Even though I think when Broadway opens up, we're gonna they're yeah. gonna try to be safe. Yeah, I mean this a show isn't in the works. I mean the only reason it made it to Broadway the second time around is because Diane Paulus knocked it out of the park at yeah. the Delacorte Theater and outsold all of the other shows that the public was doing. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. So there's like a few. Big themes, of course, race, nudity, um, environmental freedoms are discussed within the show, but there's also a decent amount of literary themes mm-hmm. um, that are within a few of the songs. Um, yeah. The most prominent one being the last song of the show, um, The Flesh Failures, Let the Sunshine In, where it mm-hmm. is there is a specific quote from Romeo and Juliet that is sung behind Claude singing about himself, um, uh, which is eyes look your last, arms take your last embrace, and lips owe you, the doors of breath seal with a righteous kiss, which is sung behind um, Claude singing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm curious to know, <laughs> as someone who did not take a Shakespeare class in high school, uh, though I did take British lit which is interesting uh, is that who sing who says that line is that Romeo saying that Juliet is Juliet singing like what's do you have to know that at the top of your head no because I did not take a Shakespeare class in, in high school really <laughs> wait, 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 wait hold on hold on hold on who'd you have for Brit lit for Brit lit I had Bowman but I didn't you guys did, we didn't read Romeo didn't and Juliet. Romeo? Romeo and Juliet was freshman year with um Tame. <sighs> Schneer. Yes, Schneer. We did Romeo and Juliet um, and we did um 
you want to hear a fun fact after you tell me this? But otherwise, I, I just I, I scrolled to the literary themes and symbolism on the Wikipedia page, and it says according to uh, the, it doesn't say. I could go in and look this up about who says it because it gives me like it just gives you the line all the it gives me like where it is in the book. But then it says according yep. to Melia, the Romeo suicide imagery makes the point that with our complicity in war, we are killing ourselves. So I think he says. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, that entire song is like chock full of literary and cultural references. One of them being mm-hmm. Timothy Leary. Um, so the line in the song is Hold on, I'm thinking. <laughs> it's like, are we breaking life again? <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, so the line is, life is around you and in you, an answer for Timothy Leary, dearie, let the sun shine in. And depending on how you take it, I'll tell you how I like to take it after I give you this piece of information. Timothy Leary was a psychologist that um, was interested in using acid and LSD for people to find a higher level of consciousness and collective consciousness. so that placement of him in this song, Life is Around You, a new answer for Timothy Leary, Jerry, let the sun shine in, that's sort of a plea to saying you don't need to look elsewhere to find yourself. You have to look inward. You have to let you have to let the sun shine in. The answer's here. Like that's all not that all that you need, but start with yourself. Uh-huh. I don't know. But yeah, that's how I like to take it. I like to take it as like a plea to just, you know, be here now. Don't, you don't have to look elsewhere for other things to give yourself meaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it also has references to Hamlet as well. Claude is a symbol of Hamlet. Because he's a smart guy that's struggled to find himself with while in a violent mm-hmm. war-torn area of, in political um, upheaval. And then also just ends up succumbing to the pressures of everyone around him. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. Again, very muddled. I love hair so much I can't, like, line it. you <laughs> why I like it. <laughs> So, <laughs> I want to recap Act 1 and Act 2, and then we can go into songs. Um, and then, when sure. I talk about here, I'm talking about the 2009 revival with Casey. Which that cast, though. Oh, it's beautiful. The replacements in yeah. that show are also beautiful. It's so, so, so 2007, Delacourt, two years later, on Broadway at the Al Hirschfeld. Um, again, Act 1, lots of different stories happen, but it's following Claude as he's struggling to decide whether or not he's going to join his tribe and resist the draft or go, like, basically go to the draft, go to the 
um, what's the word? What's the place where you go for your draft? Induction center. Ha ha ha. There it is. Okay. Um, yep. God, it took me five minutes to get there. Whew. Okay. So ideally. <laughs> I'm so glad. No worries. <laughs> what else are we going to do on this Monday between Christmas and New Year's? Um, so he's struggling to decide to either burn his draft card with the tribe, men that have either done so or will do so and are actively resisting the draft, or he's going to go to um, the induction center and be drafted. And throughout Act 1, at some points when he comes in, he just he would have just come from the induction center from getting his pre-draft physical and stuff like that. So it does highlight you know, while he is struggling to find and decide what to do, he is still sort of doing what he thinks he should be doing. Okay. End of Act One is the song. Um, where do I go? Right? And that's the last song you listen to. Um before yep. that song, which is Hare Krishna, is a big song that leads up to Where Do I Go? Where they start a fire in a 55-gallon drum, and they start burning their cards. And you you listening to it probably figured that out about halfway through when they were saying, burn it, burn it, burn it, burger, burn it. Um, so that's what that mm-hmm. was. A lot of the men in the group had draft cards, and they were throwing it into the barrel drum, which was, I think, a live fire on stage. Wouldn't surprise me. Probably. It probably um, was. And then yeah. at the end of this song, right before the song stops, you see Claude. He's staring at his draft card. He puts it in and then takes it right out. And him taking it right out, he walks to the front of the stage and starts singing, where do I go? Because he is at an impasse of do I do what I want to do, which is not joining the war because these are the principles that I have. But my family in America would be want me to do something else, and so like him juggling mm-hmm. that, um, and then to further contextualize that, where do I go is also the nudity scene. So at the end of the song, everyone else is singing beads, flowers, freedom, happiness. Take off their clothes to symbolize mm-hmm. America is more okay with sending off teenagers and young people to be killed or to kill is more acceptable than your body which I have many thoughts about because Mm -hmm. going through Catholic school there are certain body image issues (laughs) you are placed upon you (laughs) you can probably relate yeah oh yeah Uh, the Catholic guilt is very real especially in 20 oh 100% real and it just stays with you it just stays with you Okay, so Act 1 ends, Act 2 begins, Claude is starting to do more things to get ready to be drafted. Um, And then other things happen, like he has nightmares about being killed, his friends being killed. Um, At the end of the show, the last two songs... um, 
one of them being flush failures with the sunshine in and then um ain't got no I think it's a reprise. Um it's sort of mm -hmm. like if you think of like a pause and stop, quad sort of pauses and stop after where do I go in terms of like where he's at and joining a service and then you re you fast forward to at the end where you see sort of the the end result of the tribe goes to protest the induction center. Um, he still hasn't told the tribe that this is what he's doing, even though they know he's like struggling to choose. Um, he ends up disappearing and everyone's looking for him. And he runs on stage in his military uniform and says, like it or not, they got me. Um, and then goes straight into flesh failures let the sunshine in where he sings the first part um mm -hmm. and then the tribe takes up the second part which is just singing the first part over again in a higher note but he disappears and what ends up happening spoiler alert is he's behind them and they put out American flag and he's laying on top of it symbolizing as they exit the stage and go into the crowd um, at the end of the song is that he ends up dying. So he dies for conforming to America, which has a bigger message and meaning for di lots of different people. But you sort of see the end result of him choosing to join the draft is certain death. And it was certain death for a lot of people in the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. I don't remember, but early quarantine was the 10 year anniversary of hair and Casey Levy posted that song on her Instagram page and I reposted it because I love hair and I love Casey Levy I can't remember if that posting showed the very end of the song because it was a filmed version of Let the Sunshine In but yeah um, you can find mm -hmm. the end song Booty on YouTube um, you can find the whole bootleg on YouTube um, I'll be very sad the day it gets taken down but yeah it's I don't know just like an interesting way to portray and like how different it was so if you take <laughs> so the same year I found out about hair is the same year Lynn and I saw um, hold on was it the same year hold on What's the, oh my god, what's the name of the show? Um, point, a big please? helicopter goes on stage. Well, uh, Vietnam. Miss Saigon? <laughs> okay, so the same year I found hair is the same year Lynn and I. <laughs> okay, I'm looking, I'm looking at Molly and she's just like frozen. <laughs> because she's. I'm dead. Okay, hold on. A helicopter. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it <laughs> anyway. So the same the helicopter that's leaving. <laughs> Literally, Saigon. So if Lion King, the opening number is the reason to see Lion King, <laughs> and only reason only. Um, the helicopter is the only reason to see Miss Saigon. <laughs> talk about getting winded while you're in a 
in a theater. Man, you can feel that wind blowing on you. Loge, and I was like, shit. Shit, shit, shit. Turn those mics off. Oh. Anyway, so uh-huh. the same year I found and discovered hairs, the same year Lynn and I saw Miss Saigon in Cincinnati. And it's two stories that happen the same time have to do with the Vietnam War and are very, very different in the light of how people mm-hmm. thought of the war as Miss Saigon is this is this is just war, this is what happens, love story within war. Um in my eyes, very problematic. And if it's on the list, we can talk about why later in a future podcast. Um, but still, you know, has good songs. But Hair takes the opposite approach and really digs into the counterculture hippie, hippie movement and says, well, no, this war has real wor- world consequences. And the people that end up going off to war not, didn't necessarily want to go to war. It's not a woohoo, yeah, yeah, going off to war. It's People were scared. People didn't want to do it, but people ended up doing it because that's what they thought they should do, mm-hmm. and that's what they had to do. They had no choice. Um, yeah. So, yeah. your top five is going to be constricted to Act One. Unless... I can't even... I'm not even going to give a top five. <laughs> I have not had time to, like, wow. bake okay. on it. What do, you, what do you have, like, a top three, top four? If you have a top two, I'm going to cry. I didn't, don't, do I didn't even prepare this because I don't know this album. <laughs> Therefore, I couldn't do it. Dude. Honestly, if you made me pick something right now, I'd be like, um, we're going to say Aquarius okay. and Hair. Because those are, the, those are the only two songs I knew from the show uh, prior. Because Aquarius happened when I, we had to sing Aquarius. When I was in high, school, and in then high school, hair was in an episode of Blade. Oh, yeah, during the freshman one act. Okay, uh, sophomore show. Damn. Okay. Sophomore I show. can I do two things? Girl, I'm gonna you give can you do whatever a top you want. five for me. <laughs> um, and okay. then I'm gonna give you songs you absolutely have to listen to. <laughs> you can skip the entire out. Okay, I ain't promised you'll have to do it today, but I wanna. <laughs> I want to talk about a future reference whenever we're able to see each other next. Okay. Um, okay. So my top five going five to one is I Got Life, number five. Easy to be hard. Number four. I am surprised. No, wait. Easy to be hard, number um, four. Okay. I am very surprised. That you didn't put that down. Because Casey Levy's singing that song. I don't <laughs> have a top five. To <laughs> I know, but just because I listened to it, like, the, other, the only reason I could give you top fives of any of the other shows we've done is because I know those albums by heart. And, like, ever, this is, like, I think, though, literally the one show on our list that I'm, like, I have zero context. <laughs> and here I am trying to give you some context and failing at it, as I usually do. I mean, it's you very, are, but, like, I can't, I just context. can't give you anything. I just can't give you anything because okay, well, I still don't know it. <laughs> so we're going to continue. Three is Aquarius. Um, 
two, I place these two songs together, much like Dear Baby and She Used to Be Mine. I believe these two songs need to be one, but that would make this like a 10-minute song. And that would be the be in um, Hare Krishna with Where Do I Go for number two. And then number one, of course, is The Flesh Failures. The... Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, for you, <laughs> you can... <laughs> Hold on. I'm just laughing about it. <laughs> okay, so you have to listen to Aquarius. Donna. I know Aquarius, so like I, I don't need to. I listened to that one because it's the second song on the album. Maybe give, give me some Act Two songs because I listened to Act One. Show. You'll get Act Two when we get there. Manchester, England. I'm Block. Ain't got no. Air is a good song. I got life. Going down is funny. Uh, hair. Easy to be hard. Don't put it down. Frank Mills, be in. Where do I go? No, I so skipped a few. you to the whole album? Okay, I skipped a few. And it probably would have been easier to say you can just skip these songs, but this is where we're at. <laughs> um, act 2, Electric Blues is good. Black Boys and White Boys is very good. Um, Walking in Space, you can skip. Uh, the next song... Yes, I finished. AB Baby, I usually skip. Um, three, five, zero, zero, you can skip. What a piece of work is man, you can sort of skip. Um, Good Morning Starshine, you have to listen to because it just is, everyone knows Good Morning Starshine. <laughs> Do you know Good Morning Starshine? I'm going to let you answer that it's for yourself. It's sung on Sesame Street. I didn't watch okay. Sesame Street. <laughs> Everyone knows the tune. Good morning, Starshine. The, Earth the only good hello. morning, Starshine, I know. Um, You know why I know that? Because it's in the Johnny Depp version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when he I introduces himself at the factory when all the kids are going I say it to everybody. I always say good morning, Starshine. They have says hello to people. And my, my frame of reference is... Um, okay, well, listen Charlie to this and just Factory. imagine Casey Levy singing it to you and that will... <laughs> you will no longer think of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> um, you can skip the bed. Aquarius Reprise is good. And then you have to listen to Manchester, England Reprise, Eyes Look Your Last. And the flash failures. Okay. And those are like, I think of the bread and butter of the show, even though every single song is the bread and butter of the show. <laughs> um, let's see. Right, well, we shall see. I, what else do we want to add? We sort of talked about Diane Paulus directed this show um i read a couple interviews like this is a show she absolutely wanted to direct and it shows um she she knocked it out of the park um gavin krill was in it will swenson was in it well casey levy was in it 
they all have said on numerous interviews or podcasts that like this is a show that was really special and they come back and thinking about about a lot because they're just so different from any other show they've ever done would you like to add something you look like you're about to say something Um, with Diane Paulus, I believe this was her first Broadway show. Pippin I could be incorrect. Pippin was in 2013. So her first, um, her first nomination, according to her Wikipedia page, her first, uh, Tony nom was for hair. But I also think looking at her other, the other things that they, like her. Right. Shows, um. It doesn't have the years by all of them, but like I know Pippin was in 2013. Yeah, and Neverland was after that. that. Waitress was after that. Jacob Little Pool was after that. But like, I think Hair was her first thing that went hmm. to Broadway. Okay, cool. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. And, but she had done yeah, so she many did. things I for the I think arc. she did, like, Porgy and Bess yeah. before this. Um. Nope. Porgy and Bess was after it. Okay, according to her IBDB website, hair okay. is the first thing listed. So it's hair, then uh, Gershwin's Porgy and Bess, Pippin, Finding Neverland, Waitress, Natasha, Pierre and the Great Comet, okay. and Jiggy Little Pill. I didn't realize she directed that. Maybe she didn't direct it. Maybe she just produced it. I what? I didn't think that was her. Finding Neverland? I'm confused. No, um, it wasn't her. Maybe, okay. I was going to say, it was Rachel. I don't know. Maybe she just produced it. Both I don't know. I've got to look into that. <laughs> uh, uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet. Reference it's on her, like, her page. Right. But I think... And she just produced it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Little I don't like the movie. Monday morning. The movie is very different from the show. Some plot points change, and then who sings what changes a oh. little bit. So, to give you one big reason why I don't like it. Oh. So, in the movie, I think you were saying. what ends up happening is Claude and Berger switch spots. So Claude can see Sheila one last time. And while that's happening, Berger takes a spot at the base after he gets out of training before he's shipped out. During the time he sees Sheila and on his way back, his unit gets shipped out on the planes. So Berger takes Claude's place and ends up dying under Claude's name. I don't like it. Interesting. And so Claude is the one. Um, Claude doesn't sing Flesh Failures. Burger does. Yeah. That's weird. Why would they... See, this is... That's the thing with like, movie adaptations. Like, there was artistic liberties like, were taken. I am so... Like, all power to yeah. you, but... I, I, and, like, I like that that can happen, and, like... I just, like... If you're making the, the movie adaptation based off the musical, like, just do right. the same freaking thing. I don't know. For me, it's different. Like, if you have a movie and you add things to it, that's, like, cool because it's a musical. Musicals are treated different. I, I, but the, I, they could do that with movies, but, like, sometimes, like, 
I know I'm not going to be a fan of the Dear Evan Hansen movie because they're adding things to it. And I'm going to be like, why did you feel the need to add to this? But I also think that they're trying to make Dear Evan Hansen better because it does as much people love it. People also really hate it. I mean, that's weird that they chose. And we've talked about this before is film adaptations of musicals into movies. There's like two avenues you can take. And one of them is the one we appreciate the most, which is where, like, we just want to see a filmed version of the stage. No, like, edit shots. Yeah. Just sit my ass in orchestra and just let me see the entire stage and let me see it. Um, and then there's other avenues, yeah. like Rent took a um, couple, last five years took a little bit. And that's... But the last five years didn't add or change stuff. They just actually had Jamie and Kathy interact with each other, which you could do right, on stage right. too. It just depends on who you're. But up until that point, the last five years was just sung as like two people on stage singing, like they weren't interacting. So like that yeah. added a whole new dimension. Um, so I don't know, Dear Evan Hansen, like all of the movie musicals in the works, have potential. You just got to see what happens. <laughs> I still live by the thought that how good Jesus Christ Superstar was. Yeah. Oh, was- the live one? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, and that was marketed the correct yeah. way as well. They said it was a concert. No way. They made it a concert. That- they didn't make it a show. That's- they made it a concert. Anyone that knows, like, the cast album of Jesus Christ Superstar and how it was composed, it is a rock musical, so it makes sense for it to be a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And then, again, Wicked is Kryptonite, so we'll see if that ever happens. <laughs> oh, that ain't not ever going to happen. We'll be grandparents when that happens. <laughs> The posts that like people have done on Instagram with like this is the nope. rumor cast. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. If nope, if it's gonna be these people, I do not want it. I just, yeah. And then when Broadway reopens and we're able to safely visit, you and I will see Wicked. Well, yeah. Jagged Little Pill. You have never, we both haven't seen Jagged <laughs> Little Pill on Broadway, but you haven't seen Wicked on Broadway, right? You haven't been, yeah. Yeah, but I also, I feel like, I don't know, it'll be interesting yeah. when Broadway opens because I also feel like either when it opens, more things are going to announce that they're closed or they are going to wait a while I, to open back up. And then the things that are going to fill the other theaters will be safe shows that will bring in money. Which is something like I, if I'm going to New York, my next trip to New York, as much as I would love to see Wicked at the Gershwin and be you like, I saw Wicked show. at the Gershwin. I know I've seen okay, that show. But seeing it at the Gershwin though is. I know, but it would yeah. depend on where. Like I'm sitting in the Gershwin. I, I wouldn't pay a lot. Pants. I wouldn't pay. I I probably wouldn't pay a lot right. to see it because I've already seen it. I would much rather support. Right. The new shows, which who right. knows how long they'll last and stuff like that. Yeah. So, who knows? 
we shall see. Yeah. When that time comes. When it ever it'll, comes. It'll come. Um, the yeah. West End opened and closed because COVID numbers, but there have been other areas of the world where they have been able to open safely, one of them being Australia, um, because they're not yep. seeing the numbers. They're smart there. I watched, I think it was on <laughs> Nightly News or whatever last night, is that New Zealand had a pretty normal Christmas because they had two pretty yeah. strong lockdowns and everyone took it seriously and their government was able to support people. I Even like the U.S. government is able to support people, they just choose not to. And that is a hill I will die on. I... I have a friend that mm-hmm. is from New Zealand and she went home for Christmas and she, what they do there, um, everyone that rode on your plane, you get put in the same hotel. You go and lock down at the hotel. You may not leave your room unless mm-hmm. it's this scheduled time. They had three COVID tests. And then at the end, as, as long as all their tests were negative when they left, you mm-hmm. could leave maskless. And then... Yeah, just and she's to, like, it's normal here. We did my normal. And just Christmas. to add to that, the only people allowed in New Zealand are New Zealanders. I don't think anyone else is allowed it. You have to get a visa yeah, to go I in. I think that's true. Um, uh huh. Anything else you'd like to add? I'm very excited for you to do Beetlejuice <laughs> next round. <laughs> um, I just have the like. Got to get the will to yeah. prepare. Well, we also, between Frozen and this, we did Frozen over Thanksgiving break, and this is in between Christmas and the New Year. So, like, whenever we have free time, we're going to do it. So, like, no worries, no stress. Yeah. We just, we can't be a, we can't be a weekly podcast because Mama ain't got time for that. Um, <laughs> I have three jobs. I got like you have three jobs. <laughs> yep. So sometimes it's gonna be like that. Um, and the, and I mean, like, we're just the motivation of doing oh, yeah. this podcast is just for us, not for anyone else. Even though we are posting it, um, so yeah, there's no like yeah stress for us to produce material. We're just doing what we want to do, which is cool. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a follow on our Instagram at Molly and Megan MTP and our Twitter at Molly Megan MT Pod. Thanks. <laughs>